Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. <clears throat> My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm broadcasting tonight from the bright red desk. After kind of a beautiful spring day, even though it's still February, still winter. Maybe the groundhog got it wrong last week. Um, I'm not going to say that because that means we'll have a snowstorm in March. But it is definitely a mild day, and it's supposed to go up to 65 this week. <laughs> here in New York City, so that um, is definitely springtime weather. It's almost even summer, cold summer weather. But we are here talking to you uh, after we're in eclipse season. Uh, we had the eclipse this week on Thursday, and um, a couple of you wrote and said, uh, I was correct about the Mars-Pluto aspect in the sky uh, with the shooting in Florida. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm getting real sensitive to that Mars-Pluto because every time I see it, it is uh, it is a it is a war aspect or some kind of shooting lately in America, um, and then of course I'd said, hey, we're going to hear news of a big breakup as Mercury hit the south nodes, and Jennifer Aniston and Justin announced that they were splitting. Although they apparently split in Christmas time, they're just telling us now. Uh, we also heard news of big news: Mercury hitting that node. We heard the indictments of Russians, twelve Russians, I believe it was accused of uh, tampering with the election. And, um, you know, I I didn't really get why there wasn't outrage about that. Maybe we've just heard Russia too many times. But it's kind of, you know, really? I mean, whatever. I You know, the news these days, you just kind of go, wow, it goes by so fast. So our job this week, of course, we're still in eclipse season. But we finished doing the letting go. We finished doing the releasing. Jennifer and Justin released each other, consciously uncoupling in a kind way, maintaining their friendship. We released uh, the guy who was battering his wife in the White House. Um, Released. Uh, We released the eclipse energy. Released. There was a lovely ritual around releasing uh, that I did in my new moon webinar on uh, last week. You're welcome to still do a ritual of release today, tomorrow, while the moon's in... Uh, releasing energies, and also, you know, I kind of like them through, because this is a really powerful eclipse, and it is a new moon about the direction you want to head in, and it has a really delicious finger of God in it that kind of points you in your right way, and a very cooperating aspect from Venus and Saturn. They're working together in a water sign, water and earth signs to help create. So it's a lovely energy for uh, doing it. So that's on my website, still available, and also commercial. Uh, Heather, Mark, and I are teaching a class on March uh, 10th, 11th, that weekend, and first week, second weekend in March, down at uh, TRS on finding joy, bliss, fun, happiness, and, of course, other things in your chart. So it'll be kind of a potpourri of predictive techniques and how you look for it and find it and when you, you, know, when, when you should see it in your chart or when you can forecast it for your clients. So there's still room. Please sign up. That's also on my website. Um, so at any rate, our week ahead, because we're in eclipse expanding energy. Now remember, eclipses come when the nodes are within 15 degrees of the lights, a new moon and a full moon. This one, the, the eclipse was at 20, the new moon was at 27, the eclipse is at 15, so it's really borderline. It was a partial eclipse. But it's a partial eclipse about the hopes and dreams house, the Aquarius house in your chart. What are the hopes and dreams? And so as we release things or as we say, okay, that's done, that's done, that's done, incoming is what's the hope and dream? And, of course, Aquarian is all about the community, the vision, the the way your contribution, what your contribution is to society. 
and uh, why. You know, why are you contributing this? And then the Leo house is where you're supposed to shine, where you're supposed to contribute something to society. So we're sitting on the opposite side of the chart, looking at your chart, and we're going, are you contributing? And if so, how are you contributing? So that energy is very strong this week. Now what happens is we do the two weeks leading up to the eclipse, which was the full moon uh, a couple weeks ago on the 31st. And then we have the two weeks between the two eclipses, which is kind of a juicy time because there's all sorts of stuff going on. And that was a waning, releasing, narrowing eclipse. You know, the moon was getting smaller. And then we just had a new moon, which is a new initiating, new beginning, new starting energy. And we're in a growth mode now. So now the chart's growing. We started the Chinese New Year, which is the year of the, the Earth Dog. And we are now officially in growth mode. It's also Lent for those of you who do Lent, and it also is uh, the beginning, the energy, the creation energy as we go from new to full. And so the bigger cycles of this, of course, there's the 30-day cycle that we live with every month, but there's also uh, the larger larger cycle which runs every 10 lunar months. So when we get to the the 15th of uh, November, we're going to have the full moon in Scorpio, The sun will be in Scorpio, the moon will be in Aquarius, opening square. Then next summer, a year from now, on the 15th of August, we'll have the full moon, 27-27, sun in Leo, moon in Aquarius. And then in 2021, we have the Taurus closing square with the sun in Taurus and the moon in Aquarius. So this is a larger two-and-a-half-year cycle, so mark your calendars for stories you begin now expanding out through then. This is a short two-page week. Not a lot of stuff in the sky, but a lot of dream energy. So what we're going to have this week is the moon, I'm sorry, Neptune is active because both Venus and Mercury are in Pisces, and they're going to come and connect up with Neptune. Now that can go a couple of ways, all right? So sometimes that's just depression. You know, Mercury-Neptune is, I'm, I'm just feeling kind of sad and blue. I'm feeling a little uh, bad about you. You know, it's, it's what love songs are written about. You know, <laughs> Mercury-Neptune, uh, you know, you left me, you ran off with me, you know, whatever that. But also, Mercury-Neptune positive version, I've often walked down that street before, but the pavement never stayed beneath my feet before. So it's the romantic songs as well as the sad songs, right? And so Mercury and Venus being both in Pisces and both coming up to meet with Neptune this week, they're going to be, they're working for the sun. The sun is chugging along. He just entered Pisces today. He's going to get there next week. But this week, Mercury and Venus get there and they're kind of heralding the sun. They're saying, the sun is coming, the sun is coming. Get ready, get ready. And they're also singing a song, right? So you'll find it's very song week. And when you're stuck or when you're feeling blue or when you're feeling anything, kind of find yourself burst into song and sing it. Sing what the story is. Sing what the feelings are. Sing what the emotions are. Because Neptune is a lot about poetry. And if it's the sad songs, you know, we we think of the song lyrics from our childhood. We think of the the song that we played over and over again because it was our song. And we think of the song that we cried ourselves to sleep on when we broke up with someone. So Neptune has a strong energy this week. Of course, a lot of times when there's Neptune, there's water. Eh, snow, rain, fluids, not a, not a dry energy. Also a little prone to leaks. 
bathrooms, floods, overflowing, tears, water, feeling, and the moon is moving a little bit away from the sun or from the earth, so it's not going to be quite so emotional, but it still can feel a little bit sensitive, right, because there's a lot of energy in that. And, of course, now we are walking away from whatever we left over the eclipse season. We're saying, okay, time to pick myself up and move on down the road, right? And I keep feeling myself wanting to break, move on down, move on down the road, uh, wanting to break into song lyrics. So you want to kind of watch your own song lyrics and kind of sing, sing a song, make it simple to last your whole life long. As we go forward into this week, you want to really kind of honor the energy of Neptune and its dreams too. So I want you really paying attention to the dreams because Mercury is coming to the dream, Venus is coming to the dream, I had a client here earlier today, and she was very cute, and she goes, I had this really weird, because I was like, you're having a lot of dreams. She goes, I am. I had this really weird dream. I dreamed I was kissing my boss. I'm like, kissing your boss? She's like, kissing my boss? What does that mean? I said, well, do, you, do you find him attractive? She goes, no, I don't find him attractive. <laughs> I said, well, maybe you're, what did the boss symbolize for you? So we had this whole conversation about what the boss symbolized, and, and, in, you know, and she worked out what the dream was for. And it's not because she likes her boss. I just want to be very clear here. But it was about embracing something that he had that she wanted more of, right? And our job with, or literally kissing him and getting it from him, you know, if you think, ooh, pull it in. Uh, also with the Neptune, uh, Mercury, Venus aspect, it is sadness sometimes. It's um, when uh, when I was listening to an interview at one point from J.K. Rowling, the woman who wrote the um, Harry Potter series, and she talked about the Dementors and how they suck your soul out of you. They suck the joy out of you. They take your breath away. And think about that time when you have something take your breath away, either good or bad, <gasps> and and it leaves, the soul leaves, the breath leaves. In the old days, they would say, God bless you, because they thought you sneezed your soul out, and they said, God bless you, to scare the devil, so he wouldn't grab your soul when you sneezed it out of your body. So think of Neptune as kind of the mysterious energy, and there's a lot of it in the world this week. So there's a lot of illusion, delusion, uh, sometimes sadness, but it's certainly an energy around how do we create, what do we do, and what that story looks like. Now, as Neptune and Venus and the Mercury all meet up over the course of this week, we're going to find an emphasis on dreams, whether it's our own or perhaps disillusionment. We'll find out things that aren't true because we can honor the lower form of Neptune. Also a time when we can slip on our alcohol, our drug, our behavioral things around Neptune issues. We can find ourselves going down that slippery slope. We've been really good on our diet and suddenly we're eating a whole friggin' cheesecake. Neptune. Uh, craving for sugar. Craving for more sleep. Needing to sleep more. Sometimes Neptune in, in Pisces also shows up as uh, a desire to be more immersed in water. You know, like taking extra showers, taking extra baths. Needing movement, needing dance, needing vision, needing piano. I recently, you know, I've been putting together my bookcase in the library, the new library, and I got found a bunch of new piano books that I, I don't know where the hell they were before, but I found them, and now I know where they are. So I've been playing sing-along songs, <laughs> as you might have gotten the idea, because I'm quoting song lyrics to you. Um, 
but I've been playing and singing with myself. Uh, and it's definitely one of those energies where we want to kind of immerse ourselves in the creative, in the transference of the divine into our being. A lot of times artists and actors and people that create have very strong Neptunes. And as a result, when they're not creating, sometimes the drug and alcohol stuff gets a little away on them. Um, and so we want to kind of find positive versions of Neptune in which to immerse ourselves and, and to really kind of say, okay, what can that look like? What can that be like? Where does Neptune want to strike in your house? Where does Neptune want to strike in your being? What do you need to release, let go of, go with the flow with, and, and give that all permission? Let me just move the cat here and get... No, I don't mean to move you, Remo. I just need the calendar. Okay, so got a cat here on my desk looking to be petted. Another Neptune thing. All right, we have President's Day, which is tomorrow, uh, honoring the presidents. Um, and we also, some people have it off, some people don't. But it is a moon in Aries day. So let's do our moons. Um, so the moon in Aries is uh, right now. It's in Aries right now. And in a few minutes, it's going to go square to Saturn. Uh, it's 7.15. And the sun went into Pisces early this morning. Uh, then we go, tomorrow is the moon in Aries, and it's in Aries until 6.11 in the morning when it goes void with a conjunction to Uranus. Now, moon and, con- moon and Uranus conjunctions can be very positive because it's explosive and exciting and fun. It also can be like, okay, I'm done, got to go, goodbye. So it's got a, you know, moon Uranus is one of those ones when it's in a conjunction. We don't know if it goes good or bad, but because it's fire, we can anticipate a little bit more fiery energy, a little fiery energy erupting on Monday. And Moon is trying to Mars on Monday morning, which gives us a strong energy around uh, moving forward, and it's square to Pluto on Monday evening. So there's a lot of energy here around um, the kind of the creative collaborative end. Then the Moon is void on Tuesday from 6.11 in the morning until 2.12 p.m. and is in uh, Taurus, on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, all day Wednesday, Thursday until 6.46 in the morning when it goes void with an opposition to Jupiter. So moon opposite Jupiter and Scorpio is a little bit overdoing, but not a hard aspect. Moon and Jupiter both kind of like each other. Again, this is a big week for going a little wild with the sugars and the foods and the, the desire nature of your chart, of your being. Then the moon is void all day Thursday, so now we void all day Tuesday till two two o'clock in the afternoon, two twelve. Thursday it's void from six forty six in the morning until seven oh seven PM when it enters Gemini. Now we're gonna have a lot of void moons over this next chunk because we have a lot of planets in early degrees and when we get to Taurus time, we get to when we get to May, Uranus is gonna go into Taurus. So then we're really gonna have everybody at the bottom of the zodiac and really lots of void moons in the summer. But the moon is void all day Thursday, so you can work on stuff, and that's good, but you don't necessarily want to um, start new stuff because it won't necessarily finish. So it goes into Gemini on Thursday night. It's in Gemini Thursday night. It's in Gemini Friday. And then it goes void at 2.58 in the afternoon on Saturday, which is sextile, the Gemini moon sextile to Uranus. And then it's void from 2.58 in the afternoon until 10.06 uh, p.m. Saturday night. Again, another nice long void moon on Saturday. At which point it enters Cancer. It's in Cancer Saturday night. All day Sunday and all day Monday, the 26th, until 4.51 when it goes void with a square to Uranus. So basically the voids this week are 
positively disruptive, if you <laughs> if you want to kind of phrase them. They're not like pure positive. They're positive in the sense of, okay, you know, what does that look like? So, uh, you know, I kind of the other day was taking advantage of a moon that was, you know, disruptive and ending, and I cleaned out my refrigerator, and I mean cleaned it out. I went in the jams, the jellies, the mustards, the, anything that had an expiration date that was passed, except for one thing, I threw away. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was kind of very cathartic, you know, because, you know, the stuff gets in the back there and it just kind of grows stuff. Um, or it just hangs out. You know, you ate like half the jar of strawberry jam and then it's been there, I don't know, how many months, how many years. <laughs> one of the items in that refrigerator, now I will admit, it's one of those things that doesn't spoil, was from 2008. And I'm like, wow, you know, I threw it away. Um, but I hadn't opened it. I just had it in the refrigerator for eight years, I guess, and kept looking at it, Go, no, I haven't used it yet, so it's still okay. Uh, I pitched it. But it is this energy of releasing, 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 and releasing to clear to bring in new. So that's what I did. I released to clear to bring in new. Now this week, because these energies still have a little bit of quality of releasing, and because the planets are still kind of hanging near the south node, we may find we're still in the mood to release. And that's okay, because in the releasings, there are new beginnings, even if we're not necessarily seeing them. So with the conjunction, the conjunction, the opposition, the sextile, honor that the energy has a very strong wire, and the, the Gemini energy, particularly when we get to the weekend about creation. So now let's go through the planets. So the sun is in Pisces, uh, which is going from zero Pisces to seven this week. It's kind of quiet week. It's parallel to Mercury, which makes it kind. It enters Pisces. It entered Pisces this morning, or, or this afternoon, around twelve seventeen, and now it's talking to Mercury and getting some new ideas on the twenty second, and then it's got a little bit of an argument with Pluto on the twenty third, and a little bit of an argument with Uranus on the twenty fourth. So with those arguments, what we want to do with the Sun in Pisces is, it kind of tends to make it feel self a little self sacrifice. Or people go, you know, you're just being selfish. And if they say that to you, you want to go, oh, hi, I am. And if they're trying to get you to sacrifice yourself in some way, shape, or form, you might do it. You might be able to do it for a little bit, but you're not going to be able to sustain it for long. So don't commit to something that you can't do or that you're ambivalent about, because the energy is really ambivalent. It's Pisces. It's very shape-shifty. It doesn't necessarily want to get pinned down. The tide is in. It can do it. The tide is out. It doesn't want to do it. So just kind of, you know, just say, let me get back to you when I'm a little clearer. I'm not clear right now. Sun is also in conjunct series, which asks us to adjust something on the 24th, uh, which is next weekend, and to say, okay, uh, not 100% sure that's working for me. I thought I wanted to do that. And remember, Ceres is out of bounds. So she's got this creative thing. you know. So I looked at my Wishishire sauce, and I thought, well, how often do I use Wishishire sauce? Not that often, but it's not really like something you think of as spoiling, right? I kept it, but I'm thinking I should probably either use it or throw it. Um, that energy, that energy. What do I keep? What do I want to get rid of? And at the end of the week, on the 25th, the sun is sextile to Saturn, which is a collaborative energy, similar to the way Venus was sextile to Saturn this week as part of the finger of God. And Venus and Saturn are going to form 
uh, part of the finger, they're going to be talking to uh, Ceres over there and giving her uh, the finger, for lack of a better word. Um, we also have Mercury this week going from 5 Pisces to 14, so he's moving along in a pretty good clip. Uh, remember, next month he's going to be retrograde, but this month he's zipping along, so he can be pretty perky. He, too, follows the sun, and he has the semi-sextile to Pluto. Um, and so he and the sun both are kind of talking to Pluto, and then he is going to talk to Uranus like the sun does. And he does that on February 22nd and 23rd. The sun does it at the end of the week, right? So we're going to have, as the planets go through here, they're going to set off this the repeating theme. So this is like a week, a little bit like Groundhog Week, where people are going to go, hey, how about this? You know, no, no. Hey, how about this? Hey, no, no, no. Hey, how about this? Because they're going to want to repeat a few times. And that's going to be in the part of place while Mercury is uh, zipping along in early parts of Pisces. Then it gets into a little argument on the 22nd. It's a little envy thing going down. And then it really crabby. Mercury's really crabby on the 23rd. And it's because he's feeling a little thwarted. He did it in good faith. He said he was going to. He's in the he's in the spot where he blindsides Uranus. Now remember, Uranus is grandpa. Mercury is kid of Jupiter. So we're talking great grandchild jumping on old guy, right? <laughs> and not necessarily happily. Uh, so we want to kind of watch this energy because it's a it's a it's kind of not seen. You know, the seen but unseen. Uh, but but crabby, you know, so that's the 23rd. And then uh, Mercury has a sextile to Pallas Athena on the 25th, so it really sees stuff. And then Mercury is super active on the 25th. That's a lot of aha moments. He meets up with Neptune. He has an aha moment. He meets up with Neptune by declination. And then he meets up with the nodes of fate to say, okay, this is the plan. Now Venus is mimicking Mercury's behavior, uh, from about Wednesday on, because she's running from um, 10 Pisces through 18 Pisces. So Mercury and Venus are kind of dancing together, and they're talking to the same planets. So now Venus comes through. Now next week the sun's going to come through to the back end. Venus comes through, and she has a little cranky, crabby aspect with Uranus on the 18th. So Mercury then has his cranky, crabby aspect on the 23rd. And the sun has his on the 25th. So you see how it's Mercury's, Venus is going in having a fight. She's talking to Mercury about it. Mercury's having a fight. He's talking to Dad about it, Saturn about it. Saturn's having a fight. Everybody's a little contentious. So this is also when we have this, this is Pisces. You know, nobody really knows what the heck's going on when planets are in Pisces. They're very much like, what are you doing? What are you? Why are you doing that? So we want to kind of honor that this energy is a little bit open to interpretation and not necessarily a good one. So when something happens and you kind of go, you get a little hot under the collar, maybe you didn't hear it right. Maybe they didn't say it right. Maybe they were preoccupied. Maybe they didn't remember that they said this last week and then this week they're saying something else. Do double check. Don't go jumping off all half mad because you didn't really hear it right. When I was younger, my grandmother was alive, and she, <laughs> deaf as a post, deaf as a post. And we would say, Grandma, get a hearing aid. She goes, they're like $3,000. I'm going to die. It's like, well, you're not dead yet. You know, what do you, you know, spend the money on a hearing aid? You can't hear anything. She goes, I don't really want to hear anything. I've heard enough in my 90-some, whatever 90 years she was. She lived in 96, right? I'm in my 91 years, and my 92, so like years of no hearing. 
Then every now and then she'd get a burn on. She heard somebody say something, right? Well, you know what they said. I'm like, you know, you don't know what they said because you're deaf. (laughs) We're all a little deaf this week, okay? So recognize you're a little deaf, tone deaf, psychologically deaf, emotionally deaf. I don't know. We're all a little something deaf. And that's okay, but our job is to understand when we're deaf, we really don't hear things well. And because this is an emotional week, with Venus, and a communication flowing week with Mercury and Pisces, neither of which are necessarily grounded. And then, of course, the sun comes along next week, and he doesn't hear it either. We're, you know, just be conscious that there's this overreacting energy. Venus sees her, her creative energy on the 19th, and then she meets up with Neptune on the 21st, whereas Mercury meets up with him on the 25th. Um, and then she has an, uh, an adjusting aspect to the nodes of fate on the 22nd. And then she meets up with Neptune again, right? So there's a lot of Neptune, there's a lot of Pisces. This is like ocean week, you know? Venus then squares Mars on the 25th. She gets a burn on and she picks a fight with the Lord of fire, Mars and fire and Sag, you know. And you know when Venus and Mars are fighting, it's never pleasant. That's on Sunday the 25th. Now, Mars this week is uh, busy. He's in, he's in Sag, so he's happy. He's answering to Jupiter and Scorpio, so he's content. He gets to run around and start fires, so he's, a, he's in a good mood. He has a trine with a note of fate on the 19th, so it's real important to watch what shows up in your life on the 19th. That is um, on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, because there's a nice new thing coming in. Mars goes from 14 Sag through um, 18 Sag. So he's moving about a degree every two days. And watch who you connect with. On the 22nd, you're getting a firm no. And the firm no will happen about 2.47 in the afternoon. It's a no. It's not going to change their mind. And whatever that is, it's a firm no, so just move on. If it's a, if it's a well, I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to commit to you. I, I can do this. It's going to have a lot of problems. It's going to stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. So be cautious of accepting deals on the 22nd. Even if it sounds fabulous, there's a hidden bugaboo in there that you're not going to catch until you start working with it. And it dri- it's like driving with the emergency brake on. Stop, start, stop, start, stop. Or if you're an old standard car driver, when you know when you were first learning how to drive the car and you stall it out trying to get out of first gear from a stop into first gear and moving, same energy. Um, so that's where we're kind of saying that the eclipse isn't quite finished yet because it's going to have a couple of moments of wrap-up. Mars then enters, uh, joins up with Vesta on the 25th to modify the home, to change the home, and hopefully that'll be when I have all the books back on the shelf um, and uh, my living room rearranged. Uh, then we have Jupiter uh, this week is in conjunct to Eris, the goddess of discord. You're going to be asked to, on the 23rd of February, again, a cranky, crabby day. You're going to be asked to maybe make some kind of adjustments to the decisions or the plans that you've made. And then Ceres, uh, Saturn is in conjunct to Ceres on the 22nd. So he has a great deal to do with um, the direction of life that we're headed in and and how we get there and also, more importantly, how we nurture ourselves to get there properly. And that's at six cap. So watch for energies. If you have stuff at six cap, that's going to be a potent little moment in time. And then, of course, Neptune is really active this week because he's got all that other stuff going on. But he also has a biquintile with Ceres on the 19th. 
so which is on Monday, so he's feeling really creative. That's a great day for making soups. I find with Neptune aspecting series, you really make good soups on that day. Um, so that's Monday, that's President's Day, or Chili's, good chili day. Uh, Neptune also is sextile to uh, Pallas Athena on the 25th, and that's a helping you see the patterns, helping you see the patterns after the week of contention. So at that point, on the 25th, you may sit down with someone who says to you, look, I know you heard all this stuff and you saw all this stuff this week, but it might have been an illusion. It might not have been the real thing. And if that happens, kind of take a moment and pause and listen to them because they may have a different perspective or they may give you a perspective where you look at the events of the week and you go, okay, now with the perspective I have, I see it in a slightly different way. And then last but not least, Pallas Athena uh, is busy on the 25th. She's got a sextile to Neptune, so that's the part about seeing it in a different way than you traditionally thought of it, like reframing it. You know, and that's the nice part about Pallas Athena and Earth. She brings it down to Earth and helps you see it in a new way. And then she also is dancing with the nodes of fate. So she's releasing some old patterns, which is really profound when she releases patterns because we're done with them. We really, When Pallas Athena says it's done, she pulls out her little sword, she cuts the cords, and it goes into the trash. Other signs hang on to stuff, Pallas Athena not so much. So she's clearing stuff out on the 18th, 19th, and saying done, done, done. And then Juno is entering Pisces on the 23rd which is making us all want to merge with our dream and have it come true. Even if it's not 100% true, you may get carried away <clears throat> on the rapture this week because there's a lot of energy around the rapture and shifting stuff um, and changing things and moving them into new places. So on that note, the British lady told me I'm done. Um, I hope you'll join Heather, Mark, and I in our, in our thing. We're going to be at the Access Astrology on the Open Center on Tuesday, and of course, uh, happy new moon, and do your ritual. This is a really big week for ritual, uh, to take and move that energy into a whole new place. Take care. It's Ann Ortley signing off. Have a great week. Bye-bye.